Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ. The future isn't scary, not realizing its potential, however, could be. Just like on the recruiting trail, I've seen potential come in many forms as a coach. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. Chris Evans here. A big thank you for downloading our Virgin Radio podcast. Coming up on this week's edition of The Best of the Breakfast Show with Sky. Sir Trevor McDonald discusses his new book, An Improbable Life. Anton Dubeck chats his new novel and tells us about how he wants to go all the way in this year's Strictly. Regina King tells us all about the brand new HBO original show for Sky, Watchmen. Plus, the brand new host of Sky News, Breakfast, Kay Burley, gives us a glimpse behind the scenes of Burley at Breakfast. Plus, loads more great guests. Enjoy, my friends, enjoy. From staring Saddam Hussein in the eye to being on a first-name basis with Nelson Mandela, our next guest has stories worth telling and certainly worth listening to. His autobiography, An Improbable Life, is out now, and here to tell us all about it is the king of current affairs himself, the broadcasting legend that is Sir Trevor McDonald. Good morning, Sir Trevor. Thank you very much. What a nice introduction. I've yes. just got to do this. Hang on a second. I've heard that before. <laughs> how good is that? Come on. Uh, when you hear that now, uh, how does it make you feel? It still has, there's a, still a, a frisson. I bet of, there is. Of, yeah, yeah. You know, you, I mean, after after so long, I don't think you ever lose that feeling of, of having heard that music. I, how how the, many music tens? I, I, countless. Thousands. Yeah, thousands. And for many, many, many years. Perhaps too long. <laughs> no, no, no way. Never too long. Yeah. What was your first one like? Um, I remember it as being terribly nervous. I've always, always tended to be nervous. The fact that you, you know, you're sitting there, and people keep telling you about all the number of people who are listening and or watching, and it frightens the hell out of you. <laughs> <laughs> and back in the day, there were tens of millions, weren't yeah, there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, I, yes, I, I mustn't. Um, Exaggerate this. I don't think there were ever tens of millions, but 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 well, there were over ten million. Yeah, there? yeah. But but I mean, there were many many people watching. We we used to top the ratings. So yeah, and you you were never you were always conscious of that fact that there were people out there watching. Well, happy eightieth. Thank you, um, Trevor McDonald. An improbable life, Trevor. This book is a great book. It's Thank a real you. it's a real page turner. What a nice thing to say. It's a real page turner, but. You've done so much. Right? We want another nine, please, of these books. <laughs> uh, but you, you have you have graces with all the highlights, haven't you? You've not yeah. messed around here at all. No, and I, look, I've been very, very, very fortunate. I got the chance to do so many of those things. And you know that in this business, there's not a real kind of career structure. So if you get a chance to do all these things, you've you've... You know, you, you hit the jackpot. Um, in many cases, you know, I, I look back and I think I was very, very lucky to do all these things. Okay, so uh, Trinidad and Tobago's loss was our gain. So thank you for that. <laughs> well, uh, Trinidad and Tobago. Uh, BBC First of All. Yeah, okay, at tell, Bush House. Tell us about that. Lovely place. Um, you couldn't have a softer landing if you come to London than Bush House. It's so international. Um, you know, you have 
breakfast with people who come from China. You talk in the afternoon to people who live in Southern Africa. And in the afternoon, you hear all about East, Eastern Europe in the bar from some other colleagues. It was a wonderful United Nations of a place. And um, I enjoyed it immensely. OK, so um, you jumped to ITV. Yeah. Um, what, what, who wooed you there? Was that, a, was that a lunch? Was that a game of tennis? What was that? No, I went, I applied and they uh, invited me for an interview and offered me a job. And um, I said, um, I need to think about it because I was surprised. I thought this process would take a bit longer. And I think I'd, I'd gone in there because I used to boast to my friends at BBC Bush House that I, I was slightly better than they were because I had done some television in Trinidad. And they kept going on with me. If you think you're so good, well, there's a news place called ITN. Why don't you go and see whether you could you get, get a job there? And when I came back and said I'd been offered one, they said, when are you leaving? And I said, well, I asked for time to think about it. And they said... Silly man, cool pick up the phone and call them now. <laughs> and so after a few days, so to, to save face, I did. And, I, and it began, you know, many, many happy years at, at, at ITN. Now, you know, we watch you for years on the telly, but your radio voice is it's just sitting here now, even though I can see you, because I've got my headphones on. It's so rich and it's so deep. I almost wish you were on the radio more. And uh, you're, you have, you're a big fan of radio. Tell us, tell us about your... No, well, I, I, I think, I mean, I started out in radio yeah. and I've always thought there is an immediacy to radio. Um, and I learned that. What it gave me it w was, you know, so beneficial for my later life because uh, when I went to Radio Trinidad, they said, you must learn to do everything. So I read the news. I played records. I would never call myself. Um, I never I was was never a disc jockey. I think that was a little too high uh, a, 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 a category, a, a category for yeah. me. Um, but I broadcast. I did cricket commentaries, I did football commentaries, I did racing, I did water polo. Um, in, in the racing commentaries, uh, which I don't think I was ever very, very good at, but one day somebody said, there's a young guy from Barbados who would love to come and see you guys do this racing. And he turned up, he, I think he was about 16, Michael Stout, Sir go. Michael Stout. Wow. So I met him when he was 16 and now he runs a huge slice of British racing at Newmarket. So that was, um, it's a good memory. But the point was, you were made to, to have a go at everything. Yeah. And one of the things I did is I went to the airport to meet VIPs, people coming in. And so, I, you know, Sam Cooke, Adlai Stevenson, um, you know, the Platters. Uh, so I'm saying, uh, we people. need another nine books is what we need. To so, okay. so. Yeah, it's all good, all good. And uh, you, like, you love the immediacy of radio as well, don't you? Yes, That's the thing. absolutely. Would you come back on the radio at all on a part-time basis or would you do that? <laughs> would you if somebody offered you a job? It's a job someone? offer. Yes. Would you or not? Would you consider it once a week or something like that? Oh, Listen, I'll take it under consideration. Seriously? Yeah, yeah. I, I like, I've always loved radio. I've always loved You've radio. Got to, and I, I listen to radio quite a lot it's uh, time you came back Trevor just just for what do you do at the weekends you busy at weekends I'll get I'll, I'll, um, I'll get a recommendation from you yeah, you yeah, don't so. need one from me yeah. uh, Trevor thanks for coming in thank you it's very much for real having joy me. to see you thank and you're on such top form you look so well you sound so well Trevor McDonald An Improbable Life The Autobiography it is out now and there is no better read this Christmas for anyone than this book The Best of the Chris Evans Breakfast Show with Sky on Virgin Radio Our next guest has partnered some of the finest dancers on earth including Anne Widdicombe His new novel <laughs> Moonlight Over Mayfair is out now so without further ado please welcome a man that could go toe-to-toe -to -toe with any writer and pass a doble them off the page. It's Sunday Times best-selling author, Anton Dubeck. Morning, Anton. Oh, isn't he a little dream boat? Look at him. 
gorgeous as well. And he's got that little stubbly thing that some people can and most people can't. Yeah. He definitely can. Well, we think he's 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 forever das boot, is our yeah. Dave. Beauty. All right. Anton, well, look, we have another proper book here. Isn't it? This lovely. is your second proper book. I know, book. I'm so pleased. You're in danger of writing more books than most people have read. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> right, so here we go again. Amazing front cover. Look at that for a front cover, everyone. I mean, tempting. obviously, not if you're listening to the radio. I'm just talking to my co-workers <laughs> here. Um, Anthony Beck, the Sunday Times bestselling author, Moonlight Over Mayfair. Does it have any of the last uh, bit, lot, lot in it? Well, it, it does. It has a few of them. The thing with the second um, book is what do you do with it? I mean, it's like the first and second album thing. You get the first, and that's the story that's been milling around in my head. That was the first book. The second book was, let's do another one. OK, brilliant. Very excited about this. What should we do? Ah, I didn't give it that much thought. So... Once you think about it and you go, right, actually, let's continue the story because this is a lovely story. I'm really happy with this. And then you have to identify who you're going to keep, who you're going to kill off, and who you're going to introduce. But it wasn't until I sort of established in my own mind that the hotel was the star of the piece oh. and not maybe Raymond or Nancy or Helene or one of these sort of main characters that run through the book. So once the hotel became the star, oh. then the world's your oyster. Now I can do what I have See, anybody no, that's in a situation. It. The hotel is a location. It's a situation which lends itself to a TV show. It's obviously where you're going with this. OK, so it's going to be a big blockbusting Netflix. What are you talking Netflix? Amazon Sky Original... Or, or, uh, uh, yes, please. In period. Yeah, well, where, absolutely. Uh, where, have we moved on a little bit? Well, we're, we're above, I think, six months after the end of the last so 19... book, 37. 37. Going into 1938, sort of mid 1930s. So we've got one more sort of year before the Second World War begins. Yeah, war looms. Begins. War looms. And that's the sort of thing that over. Um, or hangs over the whole of the thing because everybody uh, knows it's coming. Let's talk Strictly now. Now, Anton, uh, yeah. it's been a while uh, since you made it past the first minutes of Strictly with your partner. Never down to you, has to be said. Thank you, very best. Well, this is a very exciting year, isn't it? We're doing steps and everything. Um, <laughs> Emma is... Um, I've had no compunction Emma Barney, to pick let's celebrate. Emma Barnett is your partner this year. Well, uh, Emma, Emma Barton. Sorry, Barton, sorry. Who does have a lovely Barnet? She's really super to spend time with in the studio because she really does um, love the dancing, and she's she's lovely to dance with. We were doing tango yesterday, and I'll see her again today, and we'll do some more. And and she's she's got a lovely feel about her when she's doing ballroom. It's really lovely from my perspective because I can I sort of talk to her like a like a proper dancer as opposed to sort of a, a, a sort of student beginner. Somebody's having a go. Somebody's having a go. She's having, she's doing tremendously well and it's really brilliant and she tries everything. She wants to have a, you know, I'm not feeling like I'm making it a bit easy or, or, oh, I won't do that. In my mind, I'm thinking, oh, I won't do that because she probably won't be. I'm, I'm doing everything with her and trying everything with her. And I mean, Viennese Walsh a couple of weeks ago was lovely because that was a new thing. We we had quite a strong story going through there and there was quite a lot of sort of role play and she was wonderful at that. Then last week we did the Paso Doble, again, quite dramatic. This massive backbend at the beginning. It was such a brilliant opening to the dance. But all of these things are only possible because of 
Emma, really, because I've got to try this stuff out with her. And, and if it doesn't work, we don't do it. But if it, if it works, it's such a, it's wonderfully exciting for me. There's a chance, me. at least there's a chance well, of something happening. Well, something a bit more dramatic and a bit more, you know, fun. So has Kevin, Kevin been on saying, you know, you know, how do you fill your time? How, how, what am I going to, what is he? Well, he asked, he, he said, if, if you need anything, you'd let me know. And I said, <laughs> well, I, I, I would do, Kev, but... But I'm, all right. I'm doing all right. Roles reversed this That's year. Roles so reversed. Nice. How far do you think you can get? Do you, do you know, realistically, it, honestly, I think she can go all the way. But really? uh, the I final. do because I think she's Good amazing. I think she's yeah, tremendous. Can you go all the way? I th- I, I'll, I'll take me inhaler <laughs> and, I'll, and I'll be fine. <laughs> I'll have a lie down in, in the afternoons. <laughs> Kevin's on standby. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Um, and before you go, and by the way, it's so nice to see you, Anderson. It's so it's lovely to see you. Always nice to see you. It's really good to see you. Um, it never changes, does he? No, it never lovely. changes. It's quite annoying in that sense. <laughs> but uh, how are the twins? <sighs> Remarkable. How old are they now? Just uh, just over two and a half. And right. we're, we're we're talking more now. Every time, every time, every day, you get a little bit more. And then doing this thing where they're coming out with the funniest. Exp- you know, the, the, hello, <laughs> what you've been listening to? And when you say to your <laughs> wife, you go, "That's definitely you. You definitely said that. That wasn't me." It's the most wonderful, brilliant thing, and they're really together. And it's it's beautiful. And I and I love. Every second of it. If I, I honestly, if I was younger and wealthier, I'd have fifty. Hundred, I'd have hundreds of them. Yeah, I love it. I well, we were away love for it. the first time ever. We were away from all our four kids as a couple this weekend, and when we came back to a house of four kids who were waiting for us, we didn't get one welcome or two or three. We got four oh, different welcomes, four goodness. different faces, four different smiles. Uh, it was it was amazing. It's gorgeous. Right, Anthony Beck. The reason he's in really is the Sunday Times best-selling author, uh, Moonlight of a Mayfair. It's his second book. Prepare to be swept off your feet uh, from the first page to the last. Thank you, Anton. Oh, thank you. You're beautiful. You are more than beautiful the best of the chris evans breakfast show with sky on virgin radio from taking our breath away in the stunning if beale street could talk to using a cow to shield herself from a hail of bullets in the new sky atlantic series watchman our next guest is the superhero that can do it all please welcome the oscar-winning tour de force that makes any show sing it's regina king good morning good morning Good morning, y'all. Good morning, Regina. Man, I, I need Dave just like to introduce me just in the morning when I get up. <laughs> yeah. To the mirror, I will. Yeah. <laughs> All right, now, last time you came on, you were an Oscar nominee. Yes. She is now an Oscar winner, everybody. Woo! Where is... Where'd you keep your Oscar? <laughs> I keep my Oscar in, uh, like, my office library. Right. It's like sits behind me all the books are in front of me all the awards are behind home, me home. In my home okay. yeah mm-hmm. and, and do people, when people come and visit you do they do they all do they ask respectfully can i have a photograph can i do they want to yes. hold it or what, yes. what, happens, what happens when you have an oscar well you know it is like i for, i forget about it you know it's done i mean i'm i'm on to the next thing not that it's not an amazing yeah, yeah. thing to have yeah. uh-huh. but it's when people come over and they go where is it? And sometimes I'm not expecting it. And I'm like, where is what? And I'm like, oh, <laughs> yeah, it's up there. And people want to take a picture. I think it's sweet. Oh, it's more than sweet. Yeah. It's amazing is what it is. Uh, right, so we're talking about Watchmen, um, episode 2, um, uh, 9 p.m., Monday, 20th of October, Sky Atlantic. Episode 1 has just aired at HBO uh, production. Now, you were already filming this around Academy Award time, weren't you? Yeah, when I came here before, I was literally, I left set on Thursday night, 
got on the plane from Atlanta to come here and yeah, I would literally had just finished shooting a scene when I came to see you guys now, last time. It hits you in between the eyes from the first frame to the last. Um Tulsa nineteen twenty one. Uh, you, you tell us yes. about that. Uh, well, that's our entry point into the um, world that we're in, the universe, that the alternate history. But that particular uh, piece of um, the storytelling is an actual depiction of something that happened in um, in America, in Tulsa. Which is A, horrible, B, terrifying. Yeah, yeah. And, and I mean, and the, what makes it even more horrible is that there were other... Uh, events like that that took place around all, all that time over, and yeah. all all over you know southern parts I mean, of the country that, that that first five minutes is just like it's mind-blowing and serious yeah well and you know i guess you know when you look at while that was terrible it was an education for a lot of people so many people black people as well d were not aware that mm. this and other um acts of violence like this took place that yeah. just decimated a whole you know bloodline yeah. okay all right working with don johnson he was very supportive of you not oh the, my god i mean you not that we need support but it, it's it's never harmful is it support? no we do need support yeah. and i think that that's what i think uh people we forget that even when you're looking at people who are very successful they we all still need support you never not need support yeah. um but uh yeah don we just had amazing conversations and he just would put so many little jewels that that he would just sit there for me to take in um going on this journey with um uh the uh this oscar campaign and all of that that was going on while we were shooting. Yeah, of course it was. Um, he, 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 he talked me through a lot of things. And, you know, I would, able, I would hit him up through text, like, what do you think? Do you, I'm so tired. Do you think I should do this? And sometimes he'd be like, yeah, give yourself a break. And sometimes he'd be like, yeah, you might want to push yourself to go on and make that happen. But he was a great voice throughout all of it. And um, I just love that guy. It's funny because uh, Michael Caine tells the story of working with John Houston. And John Houston and he... Uh, were, were, or he and Sean Connery made a film with John Huston, who was his directing hero. And he said, you know, uh, uh, Huston considered um, him the great actor and he considered Connery the great star. Mm. You know, and, and Michael Caine was a, a fantastic star, or is a fantastic star, and Sean Connery uh, was a fantastic actor. But th there was a little, you know, difference between the two. And, of course, Don Johnson was, I mean, what, still is. But, 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 I mean, you know, it doesn't get any bigger than... Or yeah. it did in the 80s, it was... Yeah. I mean, Miami Vice was massive, uh, massive, wasn't it? yes. Massive. I mean, like, people still call him Crockett. Yeah, yeah. You know? Crockett and Tubbs. Yeah. Uh, right, well, listen, well done. Congratulations. Uh, you say look out for episode six particularly, don't you? Yeah, but, but you need... I really feel like um you appreciate episode six even more you have to go through one through five because there are going to be a lot of things set up um one through five that six it just pays off so tremendously may i have your permission to watch episode one again because oh i think you should I explain the circumstances i watched in last yeah. night <laughs> yeah yeah and but you know what you know what chris i had to watch episode one again and i caught things that i missed the first time around it's and worth i read it, the script it? and shot it it's yeah. def definitely worth it all right it's beautiful to see you again so good to see you um, what's what else is going on when you get back to la on friday when i get back to la on friday uh, more promoting and um i'm totally in prep on the first my theatrical directorial film debut wow yeah
pretty exciting. Pretty exciting? Pretty exciting. Doesn't get any better. Man. If it does, I don't want it. Yeah. All right. Thank you, Regina. Thank you. Awesome. Regina King, Watchman, episode one to uh, watch on Sky Atlantic. Now, episode two airs uh, linearly. Uh, they're every Monday on Sky Atlantic, and they're at 9 p.m. episode two this coming Monday. Excellent work. The best of the Chris Evans Breakfast Show with Sky on Virgin Radio. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. We've heard from three guests already, but there's loads more still to come. Ross Noble takes us through his wild and wacky new stand-up tour, Shumanoid. David Bedil tells us about his new children's book, The Taylor Turbo Chaser. John Culshaw transforms into Bojo for the audiobook, The Secret Diary of Alexander Boris Pfeffel Johnson, aged 13 and a quarter. And Gillian Bell discusses her new movie, Britney Runs a Marathon. All that and more, but first, Dapper Dave. Who's next? If you like your cornflakes with a dash of hard-hitting current affairs, then look no further. She takes no prisoners as the host of the brand new Burley at Breakfast, Monday to Thursday on Sky News, and here to tell us all how it's put together. Please welcome a self-confessed menopausal mountaineer. It's Kay Burley! <laughs> Morning, Kay! <laughs> say the temperature in here is not helping my menopause. No, I know. Well, it's not your menopause that's causing it, is it? <laughs> May well be, actually. May well could, be. Could be our joint menopause that's causing it. <laughs> my menopause. So, you finally made... Uh, you've, you've moved back to breakfast. To I have. Breakfast. Third, time's, third time, actually. Okay, so from the afternoons, okay, um, w- w- why not, of course, but why particularly now? Well, for the very reasons that we've just been talking about, there is no better time yep. to be talking about politics uh-huh. than at the moment. So we've moved our studio, not only moved to breakfast again, but also moved our studio to Westminster. Yep. And I put the politician's chair within about four or five inches of me so I can see the whites of their eyes. <laughs> they can see the whites and, of yours. Yes, indeed. And they try and wriggle off the hook and generally I don't let them. It's so funny because they just got rid of John Humphreys. They've just seen the back of him on the Today Show. They think, <laughs> finally we can digest our cornflakes again. And then you picture up all of a sudden they think oh no Bernie's back at breakfast what the heck is going on yeah, here yeah well there we go That's, but it's my job to hold uh, their feet to the fire no, so that all you... these lovely people who were in the studio with us this morning can you know cut through all the nonsense that politicians come out with and yeah. think oh that's what they're saying no I know and it's compelling viewing isn't it it's just all it's just all it's it's its own drama at the moment. It's beyond a soap opera because it's better than that. You know, it's like it's like a, a Sky original. It's a big sort of it's a big what do they call it? A, not a mini a maxi series, isn't it? It's a big box set that we're all hooked on and we can't get enough yeah, of. Yeah, you, you unfortunately to... for the wrong reasons. Well, yeah. I mean, I had a, a Labour politician on during the week. Bless his cotton socks, um, and <laughs> I. <laughs> And I said to him, you know, you're not going to go to the polls because, you know, the polls said last time that you were going to lose. And he said, yeah, they said that last time. I said, yeah, but you did. And it was like, oh, yeah. Yeah, oh, yeah I forgot we, about uh, yeah, that. Actually, oh, so yeah, much has yeah, happened yeah, since, Kay, yeah. sorry. Yeah. Yeah. I only just ordered my cappuccino, didn't So it's all going on. It's all very, it's, it couldn't be more exciting. Now, Adam Bolton follows you, yeah. right? And Adam Bolton is described as Sky's 
political editor at large. Yes. What does the at large bit mean? And he's always described... Have you seen him? I'm kidding, I'm kidding, I'm kidding, Adam, if you're listening. I am kidding. Uh, But it means... Well, our political editor is Beth Rigby, uh, and Adam has been doing that. I suppose emeritus would be another way of putting it. Emeritus, all right, okay, all good. Uh, Casey, ask anything you like. Um... Uh, do, do the off-the-record stuff, yeah. right? How does that come to you, the off-the-record Well, stuff? I go for lunch or dinner with politicians and yeah. they tell me stuff. Although, number 10 yeah. will not talk to me. I don't know why that At is. Why do you think that is? Um, how long is that? Is that since Boris or since yeah. May? Just... No, since Boris. When so... we Before Boris was elected and we yeah. tried to... Boris Johnson, I should say. Everybody calls him Boris. Let's not just, you know, call him by his first name. Boris Johnson. Um, and they, they well, got his, down to... his first name is Alexander. I know. Sandy, you could call him Sandy. Yeah, well, my little boy's called Alexander, as you know. Um, so that we had him and we had Jeremy Hunt and we wanted to do a head-to-head with an, for an hour with them both. And he bottled it. Really? Yeah. Okay. So I I think his first name is Bottler Johnson rather oh, than Alexander. Yeah, come right. on, Prime well, Minister. Ho, you think ho, you're hard ho. enough? Come on. Uh, no fun for Bojo Joe. This election is not going to happen, is it? It's, it's, more, it's hot air, it it's pie in the sky, yeah, it's HR puffing stuff. Yada. OK, all right, moving on. For the third incarnation uh, of Kay Burley at breakfast on your Sky News channel. Uh, how is it third time around, Kay? Uh, it's still very early. I remember <laughs> when we used to do breakfast together a lot or at the same time a long time ago and used to say, Kay Burley, who gets up early? And I'm doing it for the third time. And at the moment, again, I'm at four and I'm hoping... To push it to seven minutes past four in the fullness of time. Oh, <laughs> and that seven minutes makes such an oh, important difference. difference. Of course, in my Zen book, which I was reading last night oh. in, in the pub on my own with a pint, because the kids are away, the ankle bites away with mum, and I'll join them later. Zen says you should actually get up earlier not later, and that will be better for you. So so no matter how early you have to get up, get up 15 min- minutes earlier than that, and you will be less tired because you'll feel less frenetic and you'll feel calmer, and actually that will help. And instead of sneaking the seven minutes in the morning, go to bed seven minutes earlier at the night time. I find it difficult to sleep at night at the moment. Um, I don't know whether I'm going to settle into it in the fullness of time, but for now, I'm still not going to sleep till about 11. So if if I really treat my... And I know why that is, because if I really treat myself, right, I'll go to sleep at 11 because I watch the the news review on Sky at half seven. And I bet you watch that as well, don't you? Because you can't not watch that. Exactly right. Who's your favourite couple on the news review? That's a great question. Oh, I have loads. I really like Stig Abel. He's really good, isn't he? He's Mondays, isn't he? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and I like I I like Andrew Pierce and Kevin Maguire together. Yeah. I think Stan they're really good. They're amazing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah they are. They're but really... those are just men. So let me think of women. Uh, Kate Kate Andrews is great. As yeah, well, well K- um, Carol Malone is. Yeah, she's on good. With Stig, usually, yeah, isn't yeah, she, she okay. is. All good. Who, who do you love having on? Who's who's, who's oh. always who always gives you you know good great content? Bite. Yes, um, Michael Heseltine. Okay. Lord Heseltine. He's brilliant, isn't he? At the moment, he is him and Ken Clark as well. Yeah, Ken Clark, is elder it, statesman. Is know. it because they always told like it wasn't regardless of whether you agree? with them they really believe what they say that they really have a belief they're committed know. politicians they're committed politicians yeah they most certainly are um and i like speaking to harriet harman as well right uh mother of the house because she's been the longest serving um mp uh, female mp um is that why it is i didn't realize because ken clark is the father of the house yeah. it's as simple as that is yeah. it okay do they ever get together i don't <laughs> <laughs> and then have babies of the house uh, no I way. Don't well hang on a minute let's just leave that right there for it you can tell it's a day off can't you the best of the chris evans breakfast show with sky on virgin radio he's a british comedy legend whose list of talents is seemingly endless his fantastical new children's book the taylor turbo chaser is out now and here to tell us all about it 
it is the godfather of giggles himself. We're not leaving without a deal. Oh, no, we've got a David Badil. Yay! Thank you very much. Oh, yes. That was awesome. Absolutely Far better. too good for this show. Hello, Chris. How good are morning, you? David. How are you? Oh, I'm extremely exhausted. I think I always have been when I do your breakfast show. Well, that's because it's a breakfast show. Yeah, yeah. It involves getting up quite early. That's the link it? there. That's yeah. the thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Also, I had a play open last night in London, yes. and I had to stay quite late talking to people and directors and stuff, and then thinking about it all night. And then about halfway through the night, I thought, now I'm thinking about doing the Chris Evans sorry, breakfast show. Sorry, sorry. Can yeah. only apologise. You never have to think think about that. You never have to play on your mind. No, you're right. Actually, I good. gave it no thought whatsoever. Brilliant. You're absolutely good. right. Thank you for being honest. Yeah. Uh, so, God's Dice, London Soho Theatre, that was last night. This is a play he's written. So, he's got a play opening, he's got a new kids' book, he's going on tour, he's got it all going on. Uh, how was it? It was night? good, actually. Yeah, it was really good to preview. God's Dice, what is it about? It's sort of about, uh, It's a, the premise is, what if someone could scientifically prove the existence of God? Ooh. So, Alan Davis, who's yeah. brilliant in it. Love uh, Alan Davis. He's really brilliant. He plays a physics lecturer, and one day, this young student turns up in his class with equations that seem to prove the existence of God and miracles and that trouble for him is he's married he's married to a kind of female Richard Dawkins he's married to a very prominent atheist right so this causes a lot of trouble and it's funny and then it's a bit serious and you know it's, it went all right all right so that's God's Dice uh, previewing until next it's week it's at the Soho Theatre at the moment okay good uh, Trolls Not The Doors 2020 tour get onto that in a moment or two 50 odd date tour I mean yeah. you're not messing about are you you're I'm tired now I, I, how are you going to be the, also you know? I'm 55 what am I doing no, I should be no you're not no yes oh, no, no one absolutely no one yeah yeah no, guys, yeah, yeah, come, yeah. On. come on, guys. Yeah, no, no, look, hey, no, look, don't patronise me, guys. Sorry. I mean, really. It's so easy, though. Can yeah, we no, not easy. talk about age. Thank you very much. Well, you're only thirty-two. So. That's very sweet of you. But, uh, yes, I'm. So, I've chosen this part of my life to work incredibly hard. That well, seems well, good. Well done. Uh, so the Taylor uh, Turbo Chase is really why you're on. Uh, this is your next kid's book. Um, and now David has sold over a million children's books. Well Woo! done. Well done. So he's quite good at this. Um, how worried does David Williams need to be? Incredibly. Dave, yeah. David is sweating <laughs> in his palace. That's what David is doing. He's saying, oh, God, I must put these gold coins aside to worry about David He's He's probably have you killed nowadays. Yeah, he, he might like do, that. actually. It's entirely possible. OK, so who's Amy? Uh, Amy is an 11-year-old girl, and she's a petrol head. Yep. You're a bit of a petrol head, of course, yep. or you used to be. No, it's, it's, well, it's, it's the whole carbon neutral thing is yeah. playing on my mind at well, the moment. Well, she likes electric cars mainly, but she yeah. does like cars. She's sort of a, a... Well, in that way, she's a young Jeremy Clarkson then. Yeah. Um, and she dreams of driving. And it comes from my whole thing with kids, which is that I think I write wish fulfillment books. So my first book, for example, is about a world in which children can choose their own parents. Yeah. It was suggested to me by my son, which has always bothered me <laughs> as a thing. But nonetheless, that's a, it's an idea that I think children want something. Yes. And when I was a kid, I used to sit in my dad's car when it was off and drive, pretend to drive. And apparently kids still do that. I've asked kids and they still do that. So I wanted to write a book about a kid who dreams of driving. But then I put a spin on it, which is Amy is disabled. She was actually uh, disabled in a car crash when she was seven. And she's in a wheelchair. And one of the things I did that for is I thought a wheelchair is kind of like a car already. Yeah, yeah. And she gets a new electric wheelchair and then her friend, who's called Raoul, who's kind of a kid inventor, pimps her ride. Can I say that? Yeah. Of course you can. Pimps her ride, yeah, pimps yeah. her wheelchair ride into a sort of supercar. A mad supercar involving fish tanks and chimneys and all sorts of <laughs> stuff. And then they drive it to Scotland in a magical road trip. That's really what happens. I think it's brilliant. Doesn't <laughs> yeah. it sound amazing? Why Scotland? Well, I'll tell you why Scotland. Not because of any sort of England-Scotland rivalry in yep. me. You know, three lions thing going on there. Yeah, yeah. It's because her dad is a 
supercar maker and he's divorced from the family and he's separate <laughs> from the family so and he basically has paid for her wheelchair right, right? he's right, paid right, for electric right. wheelchair her friend then puts all this stuff on it uh-huh. her brother jack posts a picture of it on social media the yep. dad is furious uh-huh. he says take all that stuff off i want to see the wheelchair i bought for you and though she's so upset and then she decides no i'm not going to do that i'm going to go with all my pals i'm going to drive it to scotland and show my dad how incredible so he's the, up in scotland he's up in scotland he's distant has he's he run, distant, has he run away cold. to Scotland? Has he got a secret lair well, there or what? Well, he's designing supercars there. In but Scotland? Yeah, in Scotland, yeah. It can be done, right? right? But, well, the real reason is... Well, the most beautiful roads in the world. Of most beautiful roads in the world, exactly. And you can drive you can drive an electric wheelchair with fish tanks there if you want, yeah. it turns out. But what has actually happened is, and there are deep little proper novel structures in my book, yep. is that he was driving the car that caused the accident when Amy was disabled. Gotcha. And he can't quite deal with it. Can't she could deal with it, yeah. but he can't forgive himself. And he's gone to Scotland, separate from the family. And in a way, it's all about the healing journey between his daughter. Did they go to Loch Ness? Is the monster involved? You know what? That's a postscript. Did they go to, did, I wish I'd put that did in. Did they go on the A82, which is the best road in Great Britain? Well... Actually, they go on back roads because right. one of the things I was worried about was will the publishers let me write a book in which a child drives a jalopy on a motorway? Right. I thought someone will say health and safety. That's a problem. So in the end, they drive on a series of back roads. So you could probably tell me the best back roads from London to Scotland. No, I couldn't. But I can tell you the A82 is the greatest road. So is it the, Z, the A303. Yeah. The A303 is, is a brilliant road. Be, be beautiful, but the well, A82 knocks spots off it. Does it? Yeah, it's unbelievable. Yeah, it goes Loch Lomond. You go up from Glasgow, Loch Lomond, Fort William. Stunning Glencoe. Right. Off the charts. Have you done a driving tour Yes, I've done it, I've done it, I've done it, I've done it, I did it. <laughs> OK, all right. On my I own. I don't doubt you, on your own. <laughs> on my own, yeah. I'm interested week. in this on your own life you got the moment. You're in the pub, I heard you say, writing a, reading a Zen book on yeah. your own. Are you finding... Solace no, no, my, in your own no, company. My wife's gone on holiday a day before me. Simple as that. <laughs> okay. Yeah, but that doesn't mean you go to the pub on your own with a book about Zen. Why not? Well, I'm not saying you shouldn't do it. I'm just per- saying... It was a perfect hour. Was it? The most beautiful hour. Yeah. Did you not get drunk? I had not had a pint and a half a bit. It was okay. it was literally the perfect hour. Pint and a half. I was tempted to have another half, but I thought pint and a half, that'll do me nicely. The best of the Chris Evans Breakfast Show with Sky on Virgin Radio. Uh, right, Debbie Day, we have another brand new guest. Over to you, my friend. He's been on stage making people laugh since the age of 15 and hasn't looked back. Tickets are on sale now for his world tour, Humanoid, which begins in Salford in April next year. So, without further ado, please welcome stand-up comedy's very own Geordie Juggernaut. It's the mind-bendingly brilliant Ross Noble. Good morning, Ross. Welcome to the parade. How are you, my friend? I'm very well. There's a lot of people in this room, isn't (laughs) there? There is. I was not expecting that. Normally, in a breakfast situation, (laughs) it'll be a host and not quite the enormous crowd of people. I know. And I might be uh, a little bit tired and I know you're used to this hour, mm. but you do know that there's somebody dressed as the Joker directly behind you. Well, is it? we've been here before. Is it the Joker Sorry. or is it Joker now? Because the movie's called Joker. It's not called The Joker. I pulled the guest up about this a couple of weeks ago. Then he got on my case for getting on his case. And it's only because somebody had got on my case before that for doing no, the same No, I think thing. It's, uh, it's The Joker when he becomes The Joker. Yeah. But this film is it's about, Joker. Is about uh, the guy's descent into madness that then... Makes it he's Joker and then he becomes the Joker. Spoiler alert at the end, he becomes the Joker. Have you seen it? I have. Have you seen it, Dave? 
I haven't seen it, but I'm still worried about the pronouns there. Okay. Because if he's a joker, yeah. that just sounds like something a teacher says to you. Don't be yeah. such a joker. joker. Yeah, 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 yeah. But he's, he's a sort of field stand-up comedian. Right. I would be very careful when you watch that film. What? Because for... What are you saying? <laughs> just, I'm just seeing... Hang on a minute, Ross. For, for, what are you, where you going with this, Ross? You know exactly where I'm going with this. For us, there's a whole different... There's a whole different thing on going on. Uh, yeah, as a, as, a, as a comic, right. yeah. there's a whole... You know, there's those certain gigs where you, a lot of people in the audience are watching it just going, this man's terrible, and you're sat there going... Yeah, I can see that. <laughs> right, so she, your your new new show is humanoid. Yes. What we're talking about. So humanoid. What does noid mean? So paranoid. What does noid mean? Do we know? Does any etymo- looking at me like I know? I don't well, know. You're what the noid means. Exactly. Etymologically, person. what does noid mean? Do we it would know? be oid rather than noid. Would it be oid? Paranoid? Human? I'll oid. be perfectly honest with you, Chris. Yep. I haven't fully thought it through. <laughs> I thought it sounded a bit like humor, humanoid. Yeah. And then I thought, well, human sounds a bit like humor. Yeah. So I'll tap the no, two I'm, together. No, I get all that bit. No, I no, no, that was my thinking. Right, but okay. unfortunately, nobody gets it, and it sounds like hemorrhoid. So, <laughs> so I, it's the worst title for any show I've done, and yet it's the title that people talk about the most. Perfect. So in many ways, it's working Ta-da! out well. Yes. Okay, so you've only got 36 days. He's doing 51 days, David. Yeah, but he's always touring. Uh, you're always. You're like Bob Dylan. Yeah, you're on a never-ending tour. tour. Yeah. And, and also, they're only the UK dates. So basically, it's uh, I've already done oh, 40 dates in Australia, this, and then now? I'm going to America, oh. and then I go back to Australia, and then I do the UK tour. Right. So actually, that is just so. a thin sliver. Okay. So uh, right. so thanks for trying to cause trouble between the two of us. I wasn't yeah. trying to cause trouble between <laughs> the two of you. What you've seen here is us fighting it out about dates. I want to know, right, <laughs> if, if your tour, David, <laughs> let's, let's we, we have to pay your tour down. Now, we'll leave it at 51 because you're UK only and he's like global and beyond, right? Right. So if your tour had a fight against his tour, which tour would win? Which is the most... Well, yeah, well, clearly his tour no, would not, win, not, except not, not in the UK. From a volume point of view, I'm on about from like, uh, what's in it, a character oh. point of view, you know, ag- aggressive, you know, <laughs> could you, could, could, superpowers. Right. Tour I, against tour. I, yeah. I think the thing about the tour is, is that like most people from the outside would look at venue size and would look yeah, at... I'm not, I'm not ca- about no, that. no, but I'm saying that chances are I would compare the tours on the quality of the green room uh, yeah. rider and uh, the biscuits in the hotel. Yeah. yeah. Although one thing, if it was a fight, my yeah. show, Trolls Up the Dolls, is about hate on social media. So right. I could just marshal all of that against yeah. Ross. You see, yeah. I could just get <laughs> all the hatred, which is a lot, and I don't know if you've seen it, on the internet against Ross if it was a fight. I wouldn't like to do that normally, but you've posited it should and, be a fight. And also, uh, your show is about something yes whereas mine isn't yeah. <laughs> so, I thought about hemorrhoids not about hemorrhoids okay, okay, <laughs> so, you, so, you, okay. so you win on that can we give way to Kay Burley the right honourable Kay Burley thank please. you only because my producer is in the room and he went to Cambridge he's a very clever boy uh, oid Latin oidus related to the Greek eidos meaning form Thank you very much. Wow. So your humour form. form is what you are? It's a humour form, humor. which sounds a bit like some sort of lady's sanitary product, unfortunately. <laughs> in your mind, in your yeah. ears, it does. Uh, humanoid hits the road in April and May 2020. Now, of course, Seinfeld famously said his show, biggest comedy show in the world, yeah. wasn't about anything. Uh, in, yeah. in, in a way, that meant there was space for it to be about everything. It was, it, yeah, he said it, it, but it was kind of about the human condition, wasn't it? There's a great story about how apparently they pitched it when they first pitched it, and he said, this is a show about the human 
human condition and one of the executives went but can that sustain for several seasons <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think it, think it, might, it yeah. did yeah okay because then he wrote six didn't he in the first because they had a pilot series and they yeah. and they he, he and larry david said you know they, they they knew they could write six but then they found out that it was going to be commissioned and they didn't realize that's right 23 a year yeah boom not Worked easy. out though, didn't yeah, it? Did right. Yeah, did alright. Still doing alright. Sorry, what was the question? No, <laughs> there wasn't a question. It was about nothing. That, inter- yeah. that part of the interview was about nothing. The best of the Chris Evans Breakfast Show with Sky on Virgin Radio. She's risen through the ranks of improv comedy in Saturday Night Live and is soon to be seen running riot in the new inspirational film Brittany Runs a Marathon, the first movie ever to be shot during the New York Marathon. So please lace up those shoes, stretch those hammies, and listen to the wonderful Gillian Bell. Morning, Gillian. Wow, what an intro. <laughs> Good, isn't and you, you said every word perfectly. Uh, well, first time this morning. <laughs> to be honest, we, we had a bit of a team lunch yesterday, Gillian. Oh, you did? Oh, yeah. We we have one every couple of months. Um, and yesterday was audience figures day, and it all went very well. So we all, we were going out anyway. Figures up, we go out. Mm. Figures down, we go out. We just go out. We go big early, and we get home early. And there you are. Uh, what were you doing yesterday? Could you have joined us? Oh goodness, what was I doing yesterday? A, a lot of interviews. A lot of interviews sitting on a couch in a hotel. Right. Uh, uh, I would have liked to have gotten outside because I, I heard it was really lovely outside. <laughs> it was yeah, lovely. It was like the one day. Today is the day for the, all those junkets in the hotel room, isn't it? Yeah, yesterday. it is actually very spooky all outside. Right. I like it. It's perfect for Halloween coming up. So Britney runs a marathon. Cinema's Friday 1st of November. Available on Amazon Prime from Friday the 22nd of November. All right. Um, so it's, it's sort of based on a true story of a friend of a friend. Is that right? Yes. It. Uh, the writer-director, Paul Downs-Clazo, wrote it as sort of a love letter to his friend. Um, they have known each other since uh, they were in college. They moved in together in their 20s, and they started having conversations about you know, how to make their lives better and um, and more unique. And she went out for her first run and and she enjoyed it enough to sort of set a big goal of running the New York City Marathon. Uh-huh. So it's it's based off of, loosely based off of that. Right, so method acting comes into play here. How <laughs> fit did you have to get? Did you really run the marathon? I ran a lot. I, I without giving away any spoilers, I ran a little bit of the marathon. Right. Um, and I, uh, I, yeah, I lost 40 pounds. Uh, well, actually, yes. In real life, yeah, I lost twenty nine pounds before we started shooting, and eleven pounds during shooting. But, so you lost the twenty nine pounds before you started shooting, but then you had to have it put on again prosthetically every morning for a while. Yes. How ironic. Yes, and three <laughs> different bodysuits right. as we go through the movie because it's it's there's a bit of a transformation there. Okay, so this transformation for, for now we know for you and your character. So did the prosthetic um, part of the day did that get less and less as the movie went on? Was it four hours to start with, then three, then two, you then one? think but we shot so out of order that some mornings I would just have it on for an hour or four hours so 14 of the 28 shooting days I had it on don't you hate it when that happens it was crazy <laughs> well you're in the makeup chair for three hours just you, getting you it put on you have to get on with your makeup people don't you you have oh, to get yeah. on with your wardrobe people oh yeah and they were all wonderful we had yeah. a great time you spend more time with those guys than your family in the end yeah you? exactly <laughs> uh, right so Toby Maguire is involved in this so how did he get involved in this film? he produced it he found um, Paul uh, Paul is a playwright and he wrote a play called Really Really and uh, went and saw the the play and, and and loved Paul's work and they sat down together and he said you know what do you what do you want to make because I want to work with you and he said I want to write a story about my best friend who was sort of always uh, fine being the butt of a joke and then just started pursu- pursuing a goal earnestly and that was 
running for the first time in her life. And he thought there was something interesting in that. So what's it like to make a movie, you know, as the, as the New York Marathon is going on? How did you get, first of all, how did you get permission? And, and then, then there's 50,000 other people who are basically extras, I suppose, aren't they? They're uh, yeah, and, and which was wonderful because, you know, it, it really comes to life that being able to be a part of the marathon was such an extraordinary experience and being around 50,000 people who have a shared goal is just unreal. It's so it's cool, palpable. isn't it? I know, that's why we do it because, you know, that's why we get involved in this. We have our, we have our own running festival, but you could be our guest of honour at our running festival. Oh, I love it. Um, I love it. People coming, like, it's like a rock festival, but it's for running. Oh, wow. And uh, it's it's really cool. And, like, the, the people are the show. That's the difference, isn't it, when you go to a marathon? So the participants, you, yes. you know, you go to a pop concert, you're not on stage. Right. But if you're in the marathon, you are the show. Show. This is it. And there's people out there cheering for you. That's yeah. got to feel incredible. It does feel incredible. And it gets you, gets you by, you know. Gets you... Did you get any of the gloves? Because we bought some gloves that had the five bridge crossings on them. Oh, that's very cool. <laughs> in order, just in case you forgot where you were. Oh, that's so funny. No, well, we didn't get anything like that. Did you go like to the that. start? Did you, were you, did you go we, to the start? Yeah, we were at the starting line. Yeah. Is that what you're talking about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah the starting yeah, line. Yeah. yeah, we did that, like, I think we shot that four times, four or five times. But it was incredible just being in the crowd and and feeling that energy of everyone's about to take off and go for this big thing. And and it was so funny because I think a lot of people left us alone because they thought maybe we were a documentary. Yeah. Um, but there were some people that saw that I was struggling while I was you running. You must have been recognised though, those, mustn't you? No, I mean, people were so in their own heads yeah, about actually, like what they right. were doing. Yeah. And, and um, but it was really cool to see that when I was struggling in the movie, People were actually helping me. So we had to edit that part out. But it was actually, it was so beautiful, though. We were all weeping because here's these people that are running and they're trying to make their times and they're stopping to help me. I know, I know. Um, which I didn't have the heart to tell them I'm an actress and none of this is real. <laughs> so it's quite a neat time to bring it out as well around the marathon. I mean, it makes sense. Of course it does. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It makes a lot of sense. Right. We're hoping people see it and and relate this or is, get well, this inspired. Is the, we are the running show. This is this it. Is, this is what I we know. do. I know. I can't believe how many marathons everybody's okay. done. Well, congratulations. Um, give my love to Toby McGuire. Uh, say you met a bloke that was in the same house in once. I will. <laughs> I'm sure he'll remember it was it Oriel. All. Do you know where Oriel is? Ariel. The Up Doheny Turn Right and the Birds, part of the oh, Birds. Okay. Blue, Blue Jay Way, all that, that okay, area. Okay, I'll let him know. Right, and what are you doing next? Um, I'm in Bill and Ted's Face the Music, nice. which is very exciting. And I'm on a show called Bless the Hearts that's on after The Simpsons. It's all a right. cartoon. The best of the Chris Evans Breakfast Show with Sky on Virgin Radio. Barack Obama and David Bowie via Ozzy Osbourne and Billy Connolly. Our next guest could really take us anywhere. However, he is Boris Johnson for the new audiobook, The Unofficial Secret Diary of Boris Johnson, aged 13 and a quarter. With that in mind, it's time to welcome a man that always leaves a lasting impression. It's the quite brilliant John Coulshaw. Thank you very much. Uh, Good morning, John. Thank you for that wonderful introduction. Yeah. I am very flattered. Well done, David. Dave, just about got through it there, didn't you? Yeah. Big team lunch yesterday, yeah. John. Big Ooh. team lunch. A few casualties this morning. Of fr fragility around the show, including myself, has to be said. All right, The Unofficial Secret Diary of Boris Johnson uh, by Lucian Young. Um, is there anything that he wrote when he was a kid in this or not? Or is it all made up? It feels as though it could be. <laughs> uh, that personality of Boris that we know today. Give us, for, for example, what are you talking about? Uh, well, I, I, I think uh, what we, the, 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 the hesitation is there straight away. Uh, the occasional spouting of Latin nil satis nisi optimum. Ah, that is all there, but the issues are around. Uh, 
around the, the, the control of the tuck shop. It's around building his personality and using bluff-head humour, so it is to his advantage. Chew, chew. Chew, chew, chew. You can all have a go, can't you? <laughs> chew, chew, chew. Issues, not tissues. Love it, love it, love it, love it. Vassus was saying to you just off-air, Vassus was saying to John off-air, that Vassus, you've done a couple of audio books now, haven't you? You did my last one, thank you. I did one of yours. But you didn't try and do an impression of me, though, did you? No, and I did both of mine. Right. But all in my normal voice. Yep. But John, you did an entire book in an impression of Boris Johnson. <laughs> yes. How was that? Surprisingly, the, the tone and style of Boris helps because he's so kind of imprecise. It doesn't matter if you hesitate a bit. You can just let it flow. The more pauses, the da, 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 better. So it's actually quite helpful, his style of delivery. Well, it's helpful to him as well, isn't it? Because f- famously, Harold Wilson, he used to have a... The reason, the reason he smoked a pipe on the telly, because you, you're allowed to smoke a pipe on the telly then. Well, first of all, he smoked cigars in private, but he smoked a pipe because it was more working class. And it was all, it was all you know, it was all very Brexit, all very Brexiteery, all that, that kind of stuff. Um, but he smoked a pipe because it gave him time to think. So somebody would ask him a really tough question and he'd have the pipe in his, in his hand and then if he really needed another beat, just before he answered the question, so they'd ask him a really tough question, Prime Minister this, Prime Minister that, and he'd go, well... And he'd have a little puff in his pipe and he'd give him that second to sort of yes. dodge a K. burley exocet of a question, you know what I mean? Isn't that a clever, clever thing? And uh, not only the thinking time, it also gave him character, gave him that bit of likability. A great hook for Mike Yarwood at the time. Can you do, Wilson? Yes, a pound in your pocket. And, uh, yes, and, uh, mm, yes, I remember how uh, Mike Yarwood <laughs> did it on uh, the side. Parkinson was there and uh, he was interviewing Harold Wilson and, uh, and, and Harold was at the side of Mike Yarwood. And they were both sort of Harold Wilsoning t- together. It was because uh, really... Tony Benn had a pipe as well. I wonder if that was the reason why. Yes, I think he did. I think he did. I don't know. I think perhaps Tony <laughs> Benn did it more. Um, did it more genuinely. You're Billy Connolly, right? Oh yes. And you're Johnny Vegas. Yes. Can don't you think that they're just an accent away from each other? Because it's very Johnny's very he's very very throaty like that, isn't he? Yes. And Billy's the same but different. But can you slide from one to the other? Yes. Now let's just think about that. So you've you've got Johnny Vegas with that style there, with that comedic bewilderment and everything that's mad in the world. And if you take that rasp and, and move the accent away from St. Helens and maybe bring that Glaswegian yes! Welsh. Oh, Just retune that in that way. Oh. I love how reflective Billy is now, you know, that sense of great wisdom that comes through. I might, this is... One voice I might just use permanently, you know. <laughs> well, you've done all right with it, hasn't he? Why don't, why don't you say goodbye, John? It's lovely to have you here, by the way, as always, um, by reading his first Dear Diary um, excerpt. Oh, there we are. Let's have okay. a look. His first him. entry. There we are. Eton College, Berkshire, Friday the 9th of September. Dear Diary, salutations, <laughs> greetings, howdy, and an abundant watcher. It is I, uh, your owner, Alexander Boris de Feffel Johnson. Uh, Al, I hear you cry. What has compelled you to take up the diarist's pen? Well, 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 two weeks ago, I arrived to take up studies at the august and storied Eton College. Uh, Eton, it is universally agreed, represents the snow-capped apex of the British educational system. From its halls have emerged Nobel Prize winners, members of the royal family, no fewer than 18 
Prime Ministers. Shall I continue? (laughs) With that in mind, with that in mind, it has occurred to me that I, young Alex Johnson, must be destined to join the ranks of great men. Hence, I've decided to keep a diary to give future historians something to pour over. I look forward to recording my many adventures and triumphs in these pages. Dear D, we are forced to attend such tedious classes as geography, mathematics and RE, so I shall have ample opportunity to update you. Not much to report from today. I'm writing this in my bare, narrow room whose walls are enlivened only by a poster of Farrah Fawcett, which I purchased for the astronomical sum of two pounds. Spam fritters for lunch again. Every time they serve this, a violent uprising becomes more likely. After lights out, use torch to check my... I'm not sure I can say that word. So... <laughs> Don't then. (laughs) Yes, 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 yes. There's a little poem. There there was a young scholar named Boris, whose wit outstripped Pliny and Horace. His vocab was vast and greatly surpassed the words within Roger's thesaurus. Yay, John (laughs) Coleshaw! Better than ever, John. You're on fire. Thank you so much. Oh, great pleasure. Great to see you. Goodbye to you and goodbye to Billy and Johnny. The best of the Chris Evans Breakfast Show with Sky on Virgin Radio. Armed with no more than a PowerPoint (laughs) presentation, our next guest will have you rolling in the aisles. His new TV show, Terms and Conditions Apply, is on Dave every Monday at 10pm. So, with absolutely no weird caveats snuck into the small print... Please welcome the comedy powerhouse, Dave Gorman. Good morning, Dave. Good morning. morning, Welcome, welcome, welcome. So here we go. Dave Gorman, Terms and Conditions Apply. Tell us all about it. Uh, it's a show where I, it's still me and my PowerPoint screen, as I used to do on Modern Life is Goodish on Dave, uh, except instead of it just being me, I'm using that kind of material as a way in to open a conversation for three other guests who are, are sitting there and enjoying it and playing games with it and things. So last night we had Sarah Barron, Phil Wang and Richard Osman um, answering questions about frequently asked questions on corporate websites. And, uh, and a, a lovely, I think my favourite bit of the show last night was, um, uh, especially Richard Osman getting worked up about a TV show called Money for Nothing which is like BBC daytime very typical sort of thing I go into Um, it's a show where they go to the tip and they get something that was being thrown away and then they upscale it and then they sell it and I'm a fan of it and I knew Richard was which is why I put it on the show where we had him as a guest and often they turn things into lamps so we just played a game, basically, lamp or not a lamp, where we would show you the item before they take it and decide whether or not they're going to play it as a lamp. And watching Richard Osman, who I know is a fan of the show, you wouldn't normally have this on a show, right? It's daytime BBC One. It's a weird show that you don't expect many people to have seen. And Richard Osman's looking at a thing going, is it a lamp or not? This is really annoying because I saw this one. I watched this one at the time. Why don't I know what this was? And getting all wet about it. So, so that's the kind of, that's the feel of it. It's so a, daytime television is for, for various demographics. Yeah. Uh, including the infirm uh, and they're not so well off or, or I don't know. However, you would categorise the particular uh, demographics, but also it's for comedians well, because comedians I, don't work in the day. They well, just watch I, I daytime work from home. Telly. I think I am working. Work yeah, home. I also because I when I work, I like to have the telly on in the background. I like to hear chitter chatter and and I like to hear stuff. And that's what daytime telly is so good for because it's because they make hundreds and hundreds of them. Like Holmes and the Hammer is approaching its thousandth episode. Brilliant. Cash in the Attic has made 586 episodes. Yeah. You can't do that without being formulaic. And I find those formulas 
kind of comforting because you don't have to watch the show, but you're watching the show, but you know what's going to happen, yeah. but you don't know exactly what's going to happen, but you sort of do. And it's really, it's like a warm blanket around you. Well, I love those things. Talking of warm blankets, those daytime shows, they need formula, yeah. formats, and they need a, a flock of fleeces. Because you, you always seem to get <laughs> yeah, a fleece, yeah, don't yeah. you? Absolutely. Have you, do you have any sort of souvenir fleeces? For I don't any? have any. Have you uh, been, how many celeb versions of the shows have you been on? I haven't been on any of those. I've been on a lot of, um, I have a ridiculous record on game shows. I've won right. 15 to 1, Pointless and The Chase. Congratulations. And I'm defending, I feel like that's like, <laughs> that's like the, the British equivalent of having an Oscar, a Tony, a, Have a you been approached to go on those though? You must have done. because haven't champ- yet, no. What about Celebrity Storage Wars? I did, I did one of those. Yeah, how, yeah. Was, how was that? Was that with Johnny Vegas? Uh, it wasn't, no. Okay. I, I did, a, I, um, uh, there's a oh, there was a boy band I've never heard of. Right. <laughs> it was me. Was well, Shappy you claim Sandy. never to have heard of them. I genuinely didn't know who they were. <laughs> they were lovely boys. They were lovely boys. Countdown. Uh, I haven't done countdown. See what if they come calling? They have. I haven't been available when they've come calling. Really? Yeah, I would love to do countdown. Okay. I will do countdown. Um, so have you done um, uh, eight out of ten countdown? I haven't. No. You haven't done that. No. Have you? <laughs> All right. Why have you lost your voice? Uh, because I had a horrible cold last week. And on top of having a horrible cold, you can't cancel shows. So I've been on stage two hours a night, sort of shredding Be my voice careful, you. on top of that. And you, basically, I've got two nights off now, so hopefully I'll get it back before I do the next show. Right, what are you doing today and tomorrow, voice-wise? Uh, I'm doing a load of interviews today. What? Well, that's going to work, isn't it? <laughs> I know, but that's not the same as being on stage, where it's it's a lot more sort of No, but it's already, inju- it's already injured now. I know, I know, I know. But after, after I go home tonight... <laughs> I'm going to be all just resting it. And tomorrow, I won't say a word. Right. Thursday, I won't say a word until I walk on stage. That's Rick Astley, who is the man, right? Yeah. So when Rick Astley goes on tour, because he's managed by his wife, uh, Lena, and um, he, he travels with her in a car from yeah. gig to gig, and he only communicates to her... And she's sitting next to him via text when he's on tour. That's how important yeah, this yeah. voice thing is. I know that's you've done I, it before, yeah, by the way. That's what I did on like the last week of the tour. We did Sheffield, Halifax, Doncaster, <laughs> Aberystwyth, Yeovil. And on each of those days, I would sit in the van with my tour manager, support act, and, and people like, and I would not say a word all day. And I would have a voice at the start of the show and I'd trash it by the end of the show. Right. And then I'd go back into that cycle for 22 hours of silence, two hours of talking. Well, Silence. I know. Okay, on a scale of one to ten, how how croaky is this? How worried are you about this? For the fragility of your voice right now. Right now, this is much better than it was yesterday. Okay. So I'm I'm going. Right. I'm getting better. All I right. sort of feel confident about Thursday. Well, Dave now. knows best. Uh, Dave Gorman. Uh, terms and conditions apply. Mondays, ten p.m. on Dave. Um, uh, with great PowerPoint comes great responsibility. Point uh, is, is touring again. It's, it must be sold out, though, mustn't it? It's not all sold out. Where can people it's come not. and see you? Where can they go? Uh, I mean, oh, I've got all the dates here, but where, what's not sold out? Um, do you know? I don't know which one. All right, ones Worthing. Are, are this the is worst. from the 24th of October, so day after tomorrow. Uh, Worthing, Dorking, Torquay, Reading, Dudley, Scarborough, Middlesbrough, Cambridge, Isle of Wight. Isle of Wight. Yeah. Isle of Wight! Love the Isle of Can you tell? Basingstoke, Cheltenham, Western Supermare, Guildford, Northampton, and then you finish in London at the Royal Festival Hall on the 19th of November, and we've checked it's a Tuesday, and we might all come and see you if you can get us in. We will get you in. We'll yeah. make a special Promise? effort for it. Absolutely. Dave, lovely to see you again. My pleasure. Thank Look you for having me. your voice. I will do my best. Okay, well done. Dave Gorman, superstar. The best of the Chris Evans Breakfast Show with Sky on Virgin Radio. Thank you so much for listening to this, the podcast of the Virgin Radio Breakfast Show. Don't forget you can subscribe and get it every week from wherever you get your podcast and you will never miss the weekly roundup of all the best bits from our Virgin Radio Breakfast Show with Sky. 
Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.